Let's begin. Let's begin. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Obsessive, the podcast where we dive into the waxing and waning interests of my obsessive mind. I want to start out by saying thank you to everyone who's listened so far and thank you to everyone who's listening now. Uh, It's really cool to hear everyone's feedback on the shows and on the different episodes. Uh, Special thanks to my buddy Kyle who let me know about some issues with episode one, which should be figured out now and up available wherever podcasts can be found. Um, This week, we're going to take a closer look at one of my video game obsessions, Stardew Valley. But first, before we do that, uh, I wanted to talk about this week's edition of Oddly Satisfying. In this segment, myself, in the future, a guest is going to talk about something that they find oddly satisfying. This week, I want to talk about the YouTube channel Primitive Technology. Now, you may have heard of this YouTube channel before, but it revolves around a guy recreating primitive technologies on a piece of land in Australia. Some of the video titles include Fire Sticks, Tiled Roof Hut, Sling, and Charcoal. Based on the description of his channel and some AMAs he's done on Reddit, I know that he researches primitive survival techniques and then goes out and practices them, videos them, and puts them up on YouTube. Where the satisfying part comes in is that his videos have no music, they have no speaking, it's just the sounds of nature and the sounds of him working. Uh, The closed captions have descriptions of what he's doing that he adds after the fact, but he chooses not to speak. I would play you a clip from one of his videos, but it would just be the sound of like rustling leaves or water rushing by or uh, him hitting a piece of wood with a big rock. Uh, But some of the things that he's able to do are really amazing, especially the ones that involve fire. They're all about 10 minutes or so long, um, so they're pretty bingeable. If you want to get into the Primitive Technology YouTube video, some videos you could start with are Chimney and Pots, Cord Drill and Pump Drill, and Charcoal. And if you are interested in Primitive Technology yourself, the YouTube channel, I guess, or if you actually practice it, Uh, Or if you have an oddly satisfying interest that you'd like to share, please let me know on Twitter uh, at obsessive underscore pod or email me at obsessivepod at gmail.com. So on to the main event, the video game Stardew Valley. This is the first episode where I'm covering a current obsession that I have. Uh, About a week ago, I started playing uh, a ton of the game Factorio that I had mentioned in episode two about video games, Uh, but I started to feel less and less motivated to play it. I I, I started playing it and kind of would lose interest really quickly, or I didn't even feel like opening the game. Uh, And when that happens, I kind of browse my Steam library and look for something new to play, and, and this time I decided to Um, start playing Stardew Valley. Now, I've played this game previously, but I started like a new save game, um, and I kind of wanted to go through a little bit of what the game is about and kind of how the the game starts out and and what the narrative of the story is. Uh, But on the official Stardew Valley wiki, uh, the game is described as a, quote, country life RPG. 
So if that's something that interests you, um, you're in for a treat. The game was released for PC in February 2016 uh, and has since been ported to almost all major gaming platforms, uh, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, uh, and very recently the Nintendo Switch. It's also on mobile, um, on iOS and Android. I'm currently playing the game on PC, although I've heard the Switch version is really good, uh, and it's nice because that's also portable too. Um, the plot of the game, if you want to call it that, is that you've taken over your dead grandpa's farm to get out of the hustle and bustle of the big city. Um, there's not really a goal, so to speak, although we'll talk about some objectives as we go. Um, you start on like a character creation screen, uh, and you can choose a gender, uh, a skin color, a simple hairdo. You can actually choose between one of about 100 shirts one of about 20 accent pieces that usually go over your head or face. So there's like different hats or glasses or masks that you can wear. Um, you can change your hair color, your eye color, the color of your pants. And it has these cool little uh, color spectrum sliders. Um, so you have a lot of different colors that you can choose from. Um, and during your character creation, uh, you also get to type in a name for your character, uh, a name for your uh, farm, and then your favorite thing. You also get to choose uh, a preference of a cat or a dog to live on your farm. So there's lots of customization options and things um, to kind of keep your characters interesting. It's important to add here that the art style of the game is like a pretty polished uh, 8 or 16-bit uh, kind of pixelated cartoony style. Uh, there's some elements of like anime gestures and expressions, but it's not like an anime. Um, so if you're not somebody who's like into the anime art style, it's, it's going to be something that you'll still enjoy. Uh, it's been described as similar to uh, the type of graphics you would see on a, on a Super Nintendo uh, or on a Sega Genesis. So it is like pixelated, but it is very vivid detail. Uh, the music is also very calm and relaxing. I think you can actually buy the uh, soundtrack um, with the game on um, Steam and probably on some different platforms too. Um, but the music is really relaxing and the art style is very calm, which contrasts kind of heavily with the intro to the game. And maybe it's been a while since I've started a new game, but the intro is really dark. Uh, not like scary um, dark, but like working world soul crushing dark. So the game starts with you essentially by your grandpa's deathbed. He's like laying in a bed by a fireplace with like a sword hanging above it. And he's holding this envelope in his hand, uh, which he gives to you. And he says, and this is a direct quote from the game, uh, although it's in text, there's not any um, voiceovers or anything like that. So he says, quote, now listen close. There will come a day when you feel crushed by the burden of modern life. And your bright spirit will fade before a growing emptiness. When that happens, my boy, you'll be ready for this gift. And then we watch Grandpa twitch there for a second uh, before we lead him to rest. But damn, that's pretty dark. I mean, it's hopeful that you've got this gift that he's giving you and that he, you know, he wants to help you um, be better in your troubled times, but still pretty dark. Uh, so it cuts to a black screen with white letters that say literally XX years later. I'm not sure if that's the Roman numeral 20 or just XX as a placeholder because we're supposed to um, just assume that some time has gone by. Uh, but I think it's fair to assume that Grandpa is dead. But it, then it cuts to a gray room 
uh, filled with cubicles with this kind of window on a side through which somebody's like supervising the workers and all these cubicles. Uh, on the wall, it says Joja. And underneath that, there's a little slogan that says join us, period, thrive, period. Uh, and then underneath that, there's a green blinking light, uh, which says work next to it and a darkened red light that says rest next to it. Uh, that Joja company is going to become uh, an element in the game later on. Uh, but the camera starts to pan across a line of cubicles showing different little characters working at their desks. Uh, it passes by an empty desk with the label terminated on it. And it kind of keeps going until you see your created character sitting in front of a computer. Then he gives this little like anime style thought bubble uh, that shows like an exhaustion water droplet. Uh, and then the camera goes over your shoulder uh, to show your, your kind of computer on your desk. And it pans to your desk drawer and you take out the note. And the note says, dear blank, whatever your you know character name is. If you're reading this, you must be in dire need of a change. Uh, it goes on to say that Grandpa had run into the same feeling and decided to buy a farm in Stardew Valley, and he's giving it to you as a gift. And that this is the gift he's leaving to you, and he, he hopes it brings it brings you joy. Uh, and then it fades to show a bus driving through the valley, uh, which takes you to a bus stop. And that's where you're introduced to the first character, uh, whose name is Robin. And each character has a little sprite, just like your character does. Uh, but they also have this detailed like picture of them in the dialogue box. So we find out that Robin is the local carpenter and that the mayor has sent her over to show you around. She takes you to your farm, which is in shambles, but includes like a small house, a mailbox and a wooden bin. Uh, your character is exasperated at the state of the farm, but Robin assures you with a little bit of dedication and hard work, you'll be able to clean it up. So Robin takes you to the door of your house, but Mayor Lewis comes out of the house to greet you. I'm not sure what he's doing in your grandfather's farmhouse, but who knows. Anyways, Mayor Lewis politely describes the state of your home as rustic, but Robin like dunks on you and calls it crusty. Uh, Mayor Lewis says you probably need to get some rest, but that you should explore around the town tomorrow. And if you happen to have anything to sell, you can put it in a box and it'll be sold overnight. Uh, that's kind of like a weird mechanic that's really thrown in there just to explain it. I think that's probably the best time that it could be explained. Uh, but essentially, you'll grow crops and acquire items that you can sell for money, the money you can use to buy other items and seeds and things like that. Um, but that's the main mechanic for how you how you sell the goods into the ether. I don't know who you're selling them to, but anyways... You're left to go to bed, uh, and you wake up the next morning inside your house. And this is where, like, the little kind of tutorial starts. Uh, the mechanics are really simple. You you know, WASD, uh, to move around the screen, you hold space to walk instead of run. Uh, it has auto run automatically turned on. So I don't know why they even include that as an option, but if for some reason you really want to slow the game down, um, you can hold uh, space to walk more slowly. Um, you start out with a small kind of uh, Minecraft style inventory box boxes at the top. Um, you start out with a, an axe, a hoe, a watering can, a pickaxe, and a scythe. Uh, and you use the different tools to interact with different things on your farm to cut down trees. You use the axe to till soil or take things out of the ground. You use the hoe 
uh, to break rocks. You use the pick pickaxe, etc., etc., etc. Um, so luckily there's a little gift on the floor and Mayor Lewis has gifted you some seeds, uh, to get you started and to learn the basics of farming. Uh, there are four seasons. Um, you start out in spring, but there's summer, fall, and winter. Each season has 28 days and different crops can be grown in different season. And each crop has a different maturation rate. Um, you start out with parsnip seeds, which when you put them into the ground, it takes four days to grow. Uh, and it starts very simple, but over time, there's like tons of crops that you unlock. Uh, some of them can be grown in between seasons. Um, some crops like eggplants will grow a plant, which bears fruit more than once per season. So you can pick it and then a few days later, uh, it'll grow another fruit and you can pick it and it'll grow another fruit and you can pick it. Um, some crops grow, drop multiple fruit, etc., etc. Uh, at first, you have to water your plants by hand each morning, uh, but eventually you're, you're able to put down sprinklers, which water your plants for you. Um, there's different quality of sprinklers that uh, water a different like number of um, tiles surrounding the sprinkler. Uh, and eventually you'll be able to like add additives to the soil like um, quick grow, which will make your plants grow 10% faster or uh, fertilizer, which will give you better quality uh, fruits or vegetables, whatever you're growing. Uh, in the top right corner of the screen, you have a little clock, uh, which tells you the time of day, uh, what day of week it is, uh, what season it is, and then what day number within each season it is. Uh, below that, you have an energy bar, which depletes as you go throughout your day and as you do more actions. Um, so the more times you swing your pickaxe, the, the more quickly that energy bar will deplete. Uh, you can replenish the energy bar by eating foods and fruits and vegetables that you can grow. Eventually, you'll be able to unlock recipes to cook different foods, which, you know, add a net number of points beyond what the ingredients uh, are. Uh, and if your energy bar drains out, you'll pass out. You wake up in the hospital, you pay a fee, and sometimes you'll have like in items from your inventory um, that are missing. So in order to end your day and advance to the next day, you have to go to your house and get in your bed. Uh, and that triggers the next day. Anything that you put into your bin on your farm will be sold. Uh, it'll show a little screen that shows how much you made from each category of thing uh, that you sold. And you can break those down to see how much in each individual item was sold, blah, 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 blah. Um, you'll wake up and then you go on with your next day. I guess the other way kind of to... to activate the next day or to trigger the next day uh is by passing out or uh if if you hit 2 a.m it'll automatically make you pass out wherever you are and the same kind of process you'll wake up in the hospital and they'll be like hey we found you you're missing a bunch of items and you had to pay for us to heal you um, so anyways, there's also weather which can help or hurt you. Uh, on rainy days, your crops will automatically be watered. There's certain events that won't trigger. If it's raining out, it'll have to wait till a sunny day. Um, there's other effects that the weather has that we'll kind of get into as we go. Um, but there's a ton of different like mini mechanics within the game, including things like fishing, mining, fighting, and this weird relationship system. So as you explore the town, you'll run into people and you'll learn their name and what their little sprite looks like. Um, and they have different interests and, and you can actually give them gifts. Uh, and then within your inventory menu, there's a little heart tab 
which keeps track of the relationships that you have with the different characters. And if you give them the right gifts, it'll add little hearts to that tab. And if you give them the wrong gifts, it'll take away hearts. Um, and, and through those relationships, you unlock new recipes and, and things. Um, and you can even go so far as to marry other characters and you can marry other characters of different genders. You can marry other characters of the same gender. I think the only thing that it precludes you from is marrying previously married characters. Uh, and you have to marry characters who are adults. So um, the map of the game is is not huge, but it, it kind of has different tiles that you move through. Um, the center of the um, game is the town square. Uh, your farm is to the west of town, so you have to like walk through to the right one tile, and then you kind of walk through, walk through, walk through, and then it'll load into the town square screen. Um, and in the town square, there's different houses for the characters and different shops. Uh, there's a general store where you can buy seeds and different farming supplies. Uh, there's a bar with food and drinks and little video games that you can play. Um, there's a museum where you can donate interesting finds um, to unlock rewards. There's a blacksmith where you un uh, upgrade your tools. Uh, and then there's two other buildings that kind of help advance the, the small narrative within the game. One is kind of calling back to the beginning of the game. It's called the Jojo Mart, uh, which has moved into town uh, and it's threatening to shut down the general store. And we'll, we'll get that into that a little bit uh, in, a, in a few minutes. Uh, and then the other one is this abandoned community center, which for me is like the main attraction of the game that, that kind of drives the plot. Um, outside of the town square, there are some other kind of shop buildings that you can um, interact with. Uh, there's a fishing store where you can buy fishing supplies, a store where you can buy animals and the supplies needed to care for them. Um, there's a mine that you can explore and you fight monsters in there, but it also allows you to collect metals and different materials that you can use to upgrade your tools or, or to sell uh, for money. And then Robin's character has a carpenter store where you can buy buildings to put on your farm. You can buy a coop so that you can buy chickens, which will lay eggs, which you can sell or you can use to um, make into food um, or you can eventually build a barn um, and each of those things takes a different amount of money and then a different number of physical resources like wood that you get from chopping down trees uh, or stone that you get from breaking stones uh, either in the mine or on your uh, farm um, so this kind of pushes us towards the main kind of narrative it is really an open-ended game and has a lot of opportunities for you to just explore and, and go through your thing and to kind of be creative on with the layout of your farm and things um but the community center is like the meat of the of the kind of guided gameplay if you want to put it that way um but you can't unlock it until a few days into a game into the game i think it's on the fifth day um you learn from mayor lewis that the community center has become run down um, the Joja Corporation has asked him to sell the land in order to build a warehouse. Um, the Joja Mart is offering this membership that you can buy. And if you buy a membership to their store, um, you'll get you'll unlock items at a discounted rate and, and things like that. But it's going to you know lead to shutting down the general store and blah, 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 blah. So uh, Mayor Lewis kind of unlocks the community center for you. And he says, oh, you know, there must be a rat problem in there. So. Um, by him unlocking the building for you, it unlocks a mission. There's a bunch of different kind of main story missions and little side missions. 
Um, but the new mission is called Rat Problem. And when you enter the community center, you see this little gold square with like a tree on it. And when you interact with it, uh, it shows this indecipherable language. So anyways, you go through the rest of your day and you go home and you sleep to go to the next day. Um, but you wake up and there's a little piece of mail. Uh, and that piece of mail is from a wizard, the town wizard, which all towns have. Um, and the wizard tells you to come see him uh, because, you know, he knows something about the quote unquote rat problem. Uh, so when you go to visit the wizard, uh, he gives you this potion that allows you to read the language that's on those little tiles inside the community center. So when you return to the community center, you can read these golden scrolls and there's different rooms of the community center that are all in various states of disrepair. Um, you start out with one room and on that tile in the room, it asks you to collect these seasonal foraging items that appear throughout the map. So in the springtime, um, there are certain fruits or nuts or things that you can find just laying out on the map um, and you click to interact with them and collect them and you can sell them or in this case you kind of donate them to the community center so as you fill those out um the the little subcategories are called bundles um you start out with with three bundles i think or four bundles i guess there's a spring fall winter um anyways um, once you unlock your first bundle, it will unlock other rooms for you to collect bundles in. And as you unlock more bundles, um, you'll unlock more rooms. In total, there's six different rooms and 30 different bundles that you need to fulfill. Um, some of those bundles, like I said, are based on items that you forage from the map. Um, some of those items uh, come from crops that you raise. Some of them are specific quality crops. They have kind of a, um, a regular crop, a silver star crop, and a gold star crop that all depend on your level of care for the, for the soil and things. Um, some are based on items you collect from animals like eggs or milk or milk from different animals or uh, eggs from different animals. Um, some of them are are items based on fish that you catch. And the, the kind of fun part about it is that there's a ton of different things that you have to do in order to complete the bundle. So it's not just like it, it forces you to partake in all of the different gameplay mechanics. Um, and all of those happen across different times of the year and different weather. So there's some fish you can only catch in the springtime and some fish you can only ca catch in the wintertime and some fish you can only catch when it's raining out. Um, and there's some specialty items that are expensive to purchase. And there's some that you have to unlock other technologies in order to, to grow and things like that. Um, so when you complete a bundle, you get a small reward immediately. And when you complete a room, the room changes over from kind of abandoned and in disrepair to being renewed. And some information is revealed to you or something is um, unlocked that is a benefit to the community. Some of the rooms add new parts to the map. Um, some add quality of life improvements. So, you know, the basic example is you notice that there's like a minecart system that shows up in different parts of the um, of the map, but it's broken. And so when you unlock one of the rooms, you complete all of the bundles within that room, it unlocks the minecart system for you to use so that you can kind of fast travel between different parts of the map which makes life a lot easier for you 
Um, but it does take a lot of resources in order to get to that point. Um, so the, for me, the whole kind of collection and unlocking piece of it are the main attraction. And so the, the narrative kind of comes down to, do you, um, take the time and effort and energy to complete the community center through your own means, uh, or do you sell out and you, um, uh, buy a Joja membership and you unlock things through paying for them. Um, so that's kind of the crux of the of the narrative there, and that also adds a little bit to the replayability. Um, so technically, you can renew the entire community center within your first year, uh, but I think it takes some planning and some research. To be honest, I haven't completed the community center at all, um, and the main save I've been playing on is in fall of year two. Because many of the items are seasonal, if you forget an item from the spring crop, you have to wait until the spring crops come back back around. Um, if you f if you forget to fish for a s to find a certain specific type of fish that only appears during the winter and the spring, you have to wait for that season to come back around. So that adds kind of the strategy and planning, I guess, uh, of the game. Um. There's also several like seasonal events that happen throughout the year. Um, they're like community events that have little cutscenes, and sometimes they have mini games. Those are mostly to unlock like cosmetic things for your farm and for your house or, or for your outfits and things like that. Um, but they're still pretty fun. They add a little bit um, of, of kind of playability to the game. Um, but very generally, there's lots of replayability. There's a few different types of maps that you can choose from that have different types of farms. Um, for example, there's one type of farm where um, at nighttime the monsters come out and you have to, you know, fight them or you have the option to fight them instead of just fighting them in the mine. Um, there's one with like a river flowing through your farm. Um, but I, I've mostly played the standard one, so I, I don't have a whole lot of experience with other types of maps. Um, lots of people like the kind of creative aspect that you can make your farm look different ways and, and work efficiently or not efficiently. Um, this, there's a subreddit that's pretty active with pictures and videos of people showing off their farm and what it looks like and, and the different designs that they can make with the different colors of, of the crops and things like that. Um, but for the, I think the kind of interesting thing about Stardew Valley in general is that it has, it starts off with this really simple kind of premise. It's this 16 bit, very like old timey looking graphics, um, very simple controls, you know, WASD, left click. Um, to use tools, right-click to interact with objects. But there's like a surprising amount of depth that's added to the game, which I think is what kind of keeps me playing is there's lots of different ways to play the game. There's lots of different ways to quote-unquote win or to enjoy yourself or to spend your time. And so there's always it feels like there's always something to do. You know, even in the winter time where you can't really grow crops on your farm, you can be going into the mine or you can be going into – uh, you know, another part of the map where you can go into a different mine and things like that. I won't get into all of those details, but I'll leave you something to, to, to look forward to. Um, so if you're currently obsessing over Stardew Valley or you're interested in getting obsessed with Stardew Valley, uh, let me know on Twitter at obsessive underscore pod uh, or email me at obsessivepod at gmail.com. Um, make sure you rate and subscribe if you're listening uh, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, or, or just subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And again, thank you so much for listening. It's been this has been a really cool experience for me so far. I'm looking to see kind of where this takes me and how this all goes. But it's always exciting to hear back from people. 
uh, and to hear what people are interested in. And again, I'm hoping in the future to kind of get some, some of my friends to come on and talk about things that they're obsessed with. Uh, but again, thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you.